Hi, nice to see y'all today. How you doing today? Hey, you were doing good before you saw me. Most people don't say that they're doing good when they see me that close. They're kind of like a little distance, you know. Yeah, there's a reason Roger's right back there. Uh, man, I, I, I love how we're starting right now, you know. I love how we're starting right now because we're starting. Let's get this out of the way. We're starting with um, we're, we're we're starting with the heart, you know. Um, do you remember? Do you remember where you were? Do you remember like your point in life when you got to this place and you were ready to give your heart to Jesus, just your whole heart, and that. That's what we're doing. I'm going to stop talking so that we can uh, have this moment once we see them. You guys just want to let me know once they're there? All right, cool. So um, I just, like, there's something, there's something really important for you to know, whether you've been around Jesus for a couple years or a couple months or your entire life, and that is um, that you... you you are loved. I just feel like, like um, it's so easy for us to turn this into something else. And at the end of the day, like, this is about the God of heaven looks at you and he just loves you as you are. And you'll never be more loved than you are right now. And, like, that's what the good news of Jesus really is, is, like, on your worst day, you're loved. He's the sure thing. And I know that like today, when we talk about sure things, sometimes it sounds like sales and marketing and all of that, but it's like, man, for all of our failings, for all of my failings, for all of the things that I want to say, man, I, I, I'm at this level. I look and I, I just know myself and I know that there's no one who loves me like Jesus. And there's like a lot of confidence. There's a lot of confidence when you know that you're loved. And so I just want to say like, if you haven't stepped over, like this moment is not just for this young man, but like this moment is for, it's for, for you to just consider like the love of God that's here for your heart, you know? Like that God made him who had no sin. He made Jesus and he gave his son just for you. And like, that's it. <laughs> it just feels like there should be more. <laughs> and I know that there's like the life we live in him, but it's kind of like, man, like even if you never did a, th a thing <laughs> that was like, that was amazing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're, you're loved. <laughs> Like, that's the best thing in the world. And so, how are we doing up there? You guys up there? It'll be a little while. I'm just hearing, like, rattling around up there. So, it makes me think about, about the story in the gospel when the angel would come down and stir up the, the pool of water. And you all read that like it's normal. <laughs> And then when somebody tells you that they saw an angel, you're like, I don't know about that. I'm like, I don't know. Why don't you turn over to John chapter 19, verse 25. 
I'm preaching today from a verse that I've never preached from in my life, and I'm not even preaching yet. I'm just going to read you a verse. Um, it's John 19, verse 25. So in John 19, verse 25... This is, this is the only verse that I'm going to read to you right now. But John 19, verse 25 says, Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, Mary, the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. John 19, verse 25. I'm going to read it again for you uh, because your, your heart's probably so excited about what just happened, you might have forgotten uh, about what I just read for you. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas and Mary Magdalene. So when we go to Christmas, we normally talk about um, Mary the mother of Jesus, but we don't reference this verse. Did you notice who was there? It says, now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother. And that's what I want us to talk about today. Uh, if you would, look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, you look good today. All right, some of you were lying in church, but that's okay. We're good with it. No, nah, you do look good today. Um, thank you very much. You're, look at your other neighbor and give them the title of my message, which is, just say, I would have lost heart. Some of you didn't say it. I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart. All right, Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for the spirit. Jesus, we love you. You're the best. Amen. Amen. Psalm 27, verse 13. When you're there, say, I'm there. So in Psalm 27, Psalm 27 is a psalm that's about presence. It's about following. It's about confidence. It's about holding on to a promise in your life. Psalm 27 is about being in a difficult place. Is anybody in a difficult place? Look at me if you're at a difficult place. You don't have to raise your, your hand. You can raise your hand. You don't have to raise your hand, but you can just look at me and give me like a little knowing smile like I'm in a difficult place. Uh, you might be in a difficult place if you're driving up by uh, 71st and Garnett or 71st and Memorial during this time of year. I remember when I was working at the mall uh, at the Apple store during the holidays, that felt like a difficult place. Some of you are going, no, that's actually a pretty nice place compared to what my life has been like lately. And David would say at this point in his life, he would say that he's in a difficult place. And he would actually love to be able to hang out in traffic at the mall. He would love to be able to go out and do Christmas shopping, but he's not in a good place at all at this point in his life. And in Psalm 27, verse 13, he writes these words. He says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I would have lost, I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart. This is the space in between. Now, you have to remember in David's life, David at a young age is anointed to be the king of Israel. Then he becomes the guy who's actually playing the harp for Saul, and he becomes best friends 
with Saul, who is the king of Israel. He becomes best friends with Saul's son, Jonathan. But then things go on a difficult place for David, and David goes into a long period in his life where he's essentially running from Saul because Saul figures out that David's going to be the future king of Israel. And so Saul wants to kill David. And so David writes a lot of the Psalms when he's in a difficult place in life. This Psalm leads to a point where David's life is so difficult that he says, I would have lost heart unless I had believed. I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart. I believe that this is a space that is human. I don't know of a person who hasn't faced this moment in their life and more often than not, people are facing this moment frequently. I would have lost heart. And sometimes that's because you were passed over for an opportunity. Or sometimes it's because you were betrayed by someone that you love. Sometimes it's because out of all of the things that you pursued in life, you never saw it unfold for you. I would have lost heart. I kept praying for my miracle, but I didn't see it happen. David has this suspended moment in his life where he's given a promise from God, but the promise hasn't been fulfilled yet. And this is how it works with God, is that between the promise and the payoff, the fulfillment of the promise, between the promise and the payoff is the process, and the process is the point, because that's where all the magic happens. That's where the transformation happens. That's where the good stuff happens in your life. If you try to skip out on the lows you also end up skipping out on the highs. But it's in that space when people go to, I would have lost heart, that they do feel like giving up and they think maybe, maybe this time, maybe this time I just won't go after it. For some people, this is a once in a decade experience. I would have lost heart. And for some people, it's a once in a year experience. For some people, it's once a month. But for some people, they have a hard time getting out of bed every day. Because they wake up and they feel an 800-pound gorilla called depression sitting on their chest. And they're trying to get heart to keep going. I would have lost heart. If he says I would have lost heart, that means that he has heart. Are you with me on this? Some of you are at a point where you don't think you have heart or courage or confidence anymore. Part of this is understanding God has placed something inside of you that he's not taking away from you. However, you could give it up. You could let that out. You could, instead of warring from victory, you could act like every time you're having 
to do it on your own. And if you do it on your own long enough, where do you end up? You end up in your mind alone. And when you're alone, that's when it's really easy to get to a point where you say, I think I'm lost. And not only am I lost, but my future is lost. I would have lost heart. It's almost like if you can imagine it, it's almost like as you're going into your future and all of the things that God has for you, it's like there's a huge river in between. And the problem is that where you stand lets you see that there's goodness ahead, but the problem is that there's a river in between. So what do you do when there's a space between where you are and the thing that God put inside of your heart? You could say swim, but if that river's swift, how am I going to make it across? This isn't just a little creek. You're not getting across. You don't have a boat. You don't have, you don't have access. Are you with me on this situation? This is the reality that a lot of you are experiencing every day of your life. When you look to the other side and you don't know how to get to the place that God has said, every place that you place your foot, I'll give you. You with me? We all, I'm convinced that we all face this river, and I believe that they even included this little verse in John chapter 19, verse 25. They put in this little note there. It's always details, right? Who are the detail people in here? You love the details. Come on, help me out. Who are the detail people in here? Who are the people who are big picture? You're like, details? What are we talking about? We just show up and go. Ron Baba, are you here? Now, actually, Ron, Ron does a lot more details than everybody knows. I, I found that out when I was working here with, with Ron. There's, there's a lot of details going on in his mind that everybody doesn't know about. But I'm, I'm kind of a big picture guy. I'm not a detail guy. But I've noticed that the guys in the Bible, when they're writing this, the details are there for a reason. And it just so happened in the, in the account that John wrote, it was important for us to see that Mary was there. So I want to go back once again to this moment. Because I think if we see this moment, we're going to walk things from this moment backwards in Mary's life. And then we're going to walk things forward. Okay? What we're going to do is we're going to stand with Mary at the river of impossibility. And then we're going to walk it back. John 19 verse 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus his mother. And that's the only part of this that we need to read right now. Now there stood at the cross of Jesus, his mother. It's a place that would be very easy to lose heart. It would be a place that would be very easy to lose heart. I want to walk back to John chapter 2. John chapter 2, verse 5, there was a wedding that was happening, 
This is the first time that Jesus ever did a miracle. You remember this story, right? It's a story that for whatever reason my uh, third grade Bible teacher skipped over. She wanted it to be Jesus turned the water into grape juice. <laughs> Welches. But there was some Cabernet Sauvignon that Jesus was working with here. Uh, John chapter 2, verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, it says that they had run out of wine, and so Jesus' mom makes this very clear to him, and she says they've run out of wine. And Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? That's in verse 4. My hour has not yet come. But his mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now, this is a really interesting phrase because Mary knew something about Jesus. And she knew something about who he was. But the problem was, Jesus' time hadn't come yet. So unless Jesus is doing little miracles in the house, which we don't have a record of, there's actually been a space in between. And so let's go back a little bit further in life. We're going to go all the way back to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Thanks for moving with me from book to book. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So just go back a book. We were in John 2. We're going to go look at Luke chapter 2. Now, what's just happened leading up to this is that Gabriel has showed up and he's told Mary that she's going to give birth to a son. And she's like, that doesn't make sense because I'm a virgin. And Gabriel says it's going to be by the power of God. Verse 37 of Luke chapter 2, Luke chapter 1 says, For with God nothing will be impossible. Think about that and how that verse can get into somebody's life. For with God, nothing will be impossible. At the arrival of Jesus, Luke chapter 2, you guys are seeing all this stuff out there that says Advent, right? The word Advent simply means arrival. It just simply means arrival. This is about his arrival. Luke chapter 2, and we're going to go from verse 10. There are some angels that are in a field, and an angel shows up to them. He says, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Now we're getting to the Christmas feels. You got it on your shirt today. Thanks for actually representing. We appreciate it. I'm having a hard time getting into Christmas spirit lately because it's 70 degrees every day. I love it too. But my mind doesn't feel like it's Christmas. I feel like it's got to get a little bit colder. I need to see some snow. <laughs> to get in the Christmas spirit. You try to listen to Christmas carols at, you know, 73 degrees, it doesn't quite work. Anybody else? All right. Some of you, like, could have lived in Australia for all these years, and you're like, no, this is normal. Well, for me, this isn't normal. I, I, I like it when it's cold around Christmas. I don't like cold weather, but I like cold around Christmas because it lets me know that it's Christmas time. But there were shepherds who were in a field, and they were given this verse, and this is the verse we always talk about. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. 
And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths lying in a manger. So check this one out. Verse 16, they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, who? Who's him? Jesus. When they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. What's that? That he's the Savior. Okay. But Mary, verse 19, but Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. What are you pondering in your heart? Another one says, she treasured these things. She stored them up in her heart. Kind of put a little vault in there, you know? Just real quick, do you trust the people next to you in church? Don't look at them, just look at me. Do you trust the people next to you in church today? You don't have to nod, you don't have to say anything. You just look at me, give me a wink if you trust them. You trust them? How much do you trust them? <laughs> I'm gonna tell, Jim just said this much. I'm like, Jim, that's your wife. <laughs> I'm just kidding, Jim. I know that there's a lot, there's a lifetime of trust there, right? There's a lifetime of trust. Do you trust the person sitting next to you? Would you tell them what's been going on with you lately? Sure. Would you tell them your darkest secret? I don't know. <laughs> Would you give them access to your, to your bank account? Would you give them all the details? Would you give them your debit card? Would you give them your credit cards? There are levels to trust. Mary put this in the vault of her heart. She was storing it up because she would need it for the future. That's how you treasure something. Now watch this. We're going into a little bit of deep Bible study. Are you okay with that? Okay. That's why you showed up today? All right. Watch what happens here. Luke chapter 2, verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. We see something special in his life. Now check this out, verse 26. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. So Simeon is going his entire life with a promise Simeon, we're not getting the feeling, is a young man. Simeon is just and devout, but how many years could Simeon have lost heart? The Holy Spirit had given him a promise. Simeon held onto the promise and it directed his life. Verses 32, verse, uh, it says that he took, verse 28, he took Jesus up in his arms and blessed God and said, think about that. Is that saying that, G, that Simeon took Jesus and then blessed God, or is that saying Simeon took Jesus and blessed the God baby that he was holding right then? Simeon blessed God. He was holding him. Simeon's entire life, he had been holding on to a promise. Now he was holding 
the promise revealed. Luke chapter 2, verse 36. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of a great age and had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years. A lot of heartbreak. A lot of questions. Seven years in. She lost her husband, a lot of pain, but it says she did not depart from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And coming in that instant, what was happening? Simeon was blessing Jesus. Simeon was blessing God. And coming in that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Anna's life, so much pain, and yet you get this sense that Anna's looking at Simeon, and she knows Simeon has a promise. That's, it. That's what happens when you're around each other a lot, right? You have enough meals and eventually that person tells you what's going on. When you're kind of at the temple with each other all the time, eventually Simeon's like, hey, by the way, I had something weird happen when I was about 22. Holy Spirit told me something. I'm going to, like, I'm going to see the Lord. So if I'm alive, just know, and you're alive, like, you might be seeing it too. She walks in to the promise. Now, who's watching all this happen? Mary. Mary is watching a man who could have lost heart. She's watching a woman who could have lost heart. They've given a life of faithfulness. They've given a life of faithfulness because of the promise. Luke chapter 2, verse 19, one more time. I just want to read this one to you again. I haven't started preaching yet. This is all set up. We're about to go. Luke chapter 2, 19. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Mary treasured these things. She stored them up in her heart. She pondered them. She thought about them. She saw it with the shepherds. She saw it with Simeon. She saw it with Anna. And then there's a space in between. Now, Jesus, when he's 12, where is he? At the temple. After that, we don't really hear anything. Jesus is now 30 when John chapter 2 happens. John chapter 2, verse 5, there's been a long time. But Mary says to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. They're at an impossible moment, an impossible situation, because the wine has run out. Just a very real need. It's not like the end of the world, but it was kind of the end of their party for the night, the end of the celebration. It's kind of sad. And Jesus cares about that too. Jesus doesn't just care about, exclusively about your life and death moments. He's into all of it. And she shows up then, 
And she says, whatever he says to you, do it. And that's where the first miracle that Jesus ever does, that's where it all happens. So you see his life going in a direction, right? He's got followers. He's feeding 5,000 people. He's raising the dead. He's healing the sick. He's casting out demons. Israel is having a new day upon it. It seems like everything's going great. But then this really problematic thing happens in his life. And that's that now he's on a cross. John 19, verse 25. Now there stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother. And I wonder if Mary showed up in that moment because Mary knew that with God, nothing was impossible. And so even right now in this moment, Jesus could be saved from the cross. But Mary knew as well, because she's a mother, that the one she brought in this world, she was going to be present even if he was leaving this world. I would have lost heart. I would have lost heart. Lord, help me preach this one. Help me preach this one. There's, there's so much in here that I think if you get this one just deep in your heart, deep in your soul, this is going to change some things for you this week. I want to go back again to Psalm 27 because what Psalm 27 does is Psalm 27 is written by the great 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 grandfather of Jesus. His name's David. And he wrote the prayer book for the nation of Israel. So that when you go through a difficult time in your life, you're not alone in the process. Are you with me? So in this moment, when the odds are against Mary, Psalm 27, verse 1, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked came against me to eat up my flesh, my enemies and foes, they stumbled and fell. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war may rise against me, in this I will be confident. Psalm 27 is a psalm of confidence because there's a point in your life and you may be in it right now where you're looking and you're seeing that your future is an impossibility. That the things that God has placed in your heart and promised, it feels like it's impossible. And that's the best news in the world for the followers of Jesus. In fact, he often doesn't even show up until it is impossible. That's the point when he likes to be there. Because when you get to a place that you can't get to the other side, that's where there's a key that it gives you in Psalm 27. That's where when your depression is overwhelming, that's where you speak the name of Jesus to it. That's where when the situation seems like it's over, that's where you step in in faith. That's why Mary was given the word, even though you're a virgin, you'll give birth to Jesus. 
Because with God, nothing is impossible. Belief is the bridge over impossibility. Because this is the Old Testament. But David said, I would have lost heart unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. It's a psalm of confidence. John 6.29 says this, that the work of God is this, to believe in the Son. I thought that the work was da-da-da-da-da. No, 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 no. The work of God is to believe. The word believe means to have confidence and to rely. To have confidence and rely. What is Mary doing there at that moment? She still has confidence. She's still relying. She's still believing. Jim, one of my favorite points when I was reading through this was that Mary was there when Jesus was born, obviously. And Mary was there when Jesus was at at the cross. But I read all the Gospels. And you know what? She doesn't show up at the tomb. The other Marys do. I was like, why doesn't Mary show up at the tomb? Acts chapter 1, verse 14. Acts chapter 1, verse 14. Jesus has just left. But it says, These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. All right, I'm going to just give you all my my answer. Why didn't Mary show up at the tomb? I don't know. I think it's because a mom will go to the very most difficult place with her son, but she's like, all right, I've been there. But when he came back, one of my favorite reasons to believe in Jesus is that his mom was one of his followers. After he had ascended and gone to heaven. His brother, because your family, your family knows you too well. You can't lie to them. They know exactly who you are. It says, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers. And guess what happened in Acts chapter 2? They were all gathered in prayer in an upper room. You guys remember that? You remember what happened after that? The Holy Spirit came in power. Because they didn't lose heart. There was more on the other side. I would have lost heart. Don't lose heart. Don't lose heart now. God didn't bring you this far to drop you. There's a calling on your life. There's something that he has in you to fulfill. This is not the point in your life when you sit down and stop. I know that the holidays can be difficult and they can be painful. 
I'm not overlooking that. I just know the reality that God has more for you and that in your situation, you might have even hit a point where you said, you know what, I'm not too sure about this anymore. But if you're back in the place, if you're back and even beholding the man, what he says to you is, don't lose heart. Instead, in John 16, he says, take heart. In this world, you will have trouble. It's a promise. You will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. I said this a couple months ago when I was here, but for some of you, it's time to believe God again. To actually believe him. Not just know the answers, but believe him. And for some of you, it's time to start praying some impossible prayers. Because that's when he loves to show up. Yeah? And if you don't know what impossible prayer, ask him. Because then he can show you what the impossible prayer is that you should be praying. But when you're in an impossible situation, remember, it's the God who brought the Savior into the world through a virgin. It's the same God who gave a promise to Simeon. It's the same one who appeared to angels in a field, to, to, who appeared to shepherds in a field. It's the same God who kept Anna going through all the days of her life. It's the same God who kept Mary going in the impossible situation of looking at her own son dying for the sins of the world. And it's the same one who had them showing up on the other side in prayer. And because they did not lose heart, we're here today. So do not discount what you feel is small faithfulness because in the process, generations are changed. I feel like that one's for y'all. Don't discount small faithfulness because in the process, generations are changed. So... Have you lost heart? Or has your heart lately been melting in fear? Do you feel overwhelmed? Do you feel like you've lost your confidence? We just want to pray for people today. But some of you, this is the day to cross over to, to the other side and to just give your life to Jesus not because you have it all figured out, but just say, I believe you, and I believe in you, and I'm going to trust you, and we'll walk this thing together. We'll be baptized. Yeah, it'd be awesome. We're going to sing a song. You guys know how this goes, but I don't want to miss the moment, <laughs> you know? Like I said, if you want to be prayed for, come down here. We'll pray for you. Grab somebody next to you. Look at them and say, do you need some prayer today? Let's go down together. If you need to give your life to Jesus and you're like, I'm ready, let's do that today, okay? But let's go ahead, let's stand and let's sing. And if you're in need, won't you come as we sing?